Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. No, I'm just here for the show. Welcome to another episode of the Warrior Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Crawford. Before we get going, make sure and check out our sponsors. We have Strike Force Energy. <laughs> and Tacticalories. You can use the code Warrior Mindset when you check out. Alright, do that and then come back. So I'm here today again, continuing our uh, the Way of the Seal mission in making our way through the book with Heather. What's up? Hey, Jane. Howdy. Hi. <laughs> oh, hi. Uh, <laughs> so, we went through uh, principles one and two. Now we're on to three. And i um, going to make our way through this book. So, principle three. Bulletproof your mission. Yeah. God damn. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you watch Rick and Morty, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the very first quote that hits you is begin with the end in mind, which is simple, but really hard. people don't do that. Well, it takes <laughs> thinking through what the ultimate goal is, and this chapter for me kind of, um, kind of blows up. If you don't do steps one and two, mm-hmm. you're undoubtedly going to fail. Mm-hmm. So he has, um, uh, let's see... He's got him. Yeah, there we go. So, select high-value targets. The door's creeping me out. Oh, my gosh. Um, exploring your options. Communicating your vision to others. Dirt dive the mission. Mm-hmm. That's one I really dig into myself, but um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, so this book, and this is could be an interesting chapter to make our way through. Mm-hmm. This book starts out with uh, uh, Mr. Divine. He's talking through one of his business failures. And I think that's a great way to open this chapter up. Yeah. Um, you go first. <laughs> uh, I actually was thinking about that, reading about his brewery. Yeah. Um, a really good example for me is um, I helped write a grant for the South Carolina Film Commission. Mm-hmm. We won a $100,000 grant. And we were like, we are awesome. This is amazing. We're going to rock this. We're going to do this great film. And very quickly in my other producers and writers, they were all in California. Mm. And it was just me in South Carolina. And I'm not saying this at all to like dog on them because they're extremely talented. Like a couple of them are at Pixar now. A couple of them are like doing amazing things now. So we all had this great thing in mind to create this wonderful film about Southern heritage and things like that. And very quickly just based off of what he talks about, we weren't on the same page. We did not have the same mission. Um, we had different visions for it and mm. it very quickly fell apart. Okay. Why did it fall apart? Well, we didn't have, we didn't have the same goal in mind and goal in mind. Okay. So you wound up so, like arguing over or kind of fighting against each other. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't good. And then right. what turned out that they were making decisions without me. Mm hmm. Because it was easy because they were... standing in the way of their unified vision. Yours is different. Exactly. They don't want you involved. Exactly. So right. I was like, what the hell? So I remember talking to one of my mentors at the time, being like, look, like, 
I want to see this through. I'm not a quitter. I don't quit, but right. this is not going to end well if we continue. And we actually ended up terminating the entire project. Mm. Yeah. Did the film ever get made? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I'm and, not and, and happy re- about that. But. And really, because you know, I was trying to, the being the producer, project manager I, I am, I tried to keep pushing it along, but... You know when something's not right and you keep trying to make it work like a bad relationship? I do. <laughs> or bad business? I do. And I'm sure you have yes, examples of that, but it just it was because we we didn't have the same target in mind. Um, we didn't explore all of our options. We just thought we picked big, shiny mm-hmm. object, um, L.A. vision. We're going to be right. going to the, you know, right. whatever, film festival. South by Southwest. We're gonna He's get ready for the party. We're gonna ready for the party. I forgot about the making the movie. Yeah, part. right. Yeah, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, so that's um, uh, that's one example. Yeah, I'll share mine. So, uh, whew, I don't remember the year. I don't know, five years ago, something like that. Um, so, one of the businesses I've run has been an events uh, conference business, right? Um, and I, it might be a little similar to his example in a way. And yours. <laughs> um, so we uh, we were producing two or three events. Um, we're doing these up and down the East Coast and had an opportunity to acquire another business. Mm. And we did. Um, is a breaking development conference, BD Conf. Um, the website's still live. <laughs> from post from like five years ago. Go buy some tickets. <laughs> every, every, every once in a while, somebody's like, what's up with this? Um, yeah. So we, we, were, we acquired it. Um, or I acquired it and it was probably one of those things where I really wasn't focused on the the long game, the high value things that I should be doing to build that events business Mm -hmm. because this thing really got in the way because it was another brand Mm -hmm. and you know, we just snatched it up Yeah, because there were some big names attached to it. Some famous people in that, you know, you kind of get a little starstruck. You Mm want to get in on that. Mm -hmm. Um, the ticket price on that event was way higher than the ones we were producing, so it, I saw it as like a step up, a quick way to step up prices and to make more money. But it really fractured our brand, right? Mm-hmm. It really like we had this thing we were having. It was like a third business. Yeah, it wasn't part of the main events business. It was its own events business, and um, you know, uh, didn't really think through <laughs> the long game of what yeah. that was going to do. Maybe how to get it. At, Involved in the other brand, how the other brand would suffer. Definitely had no vision. So, you know, his communicating your vision to your team. I mm-hmm. didn't have a vision to communicate. So it was mm-hmm. sort of all over the place. And definitely didn't make any real plans other than yeah. like, hey, we know how to run business. We know, we know how to run events. We'll just do more of these. It's these kinda, are cool. Let's do them. It's kind of crazy how quickly it fractures. Yeah. If the, you're not. On this, after the first yeah. year, after the first three events, it was like. Yeah, we're not doing this. This is anymore. not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> lost, lost a good bit of money on it, but mm-hmm. um, I would. That's a pretty huge failure because yeah. <clears throat> it was a pretty big brand in the industry, mm-hmm. and we killed it. <laughs> like, just killed it very. Yeah. Good. Failure? Yeah, or did you learn a lot? I well, that's the thing, right? You either um, win or learn, right? Right. <laughs> I'm sure, he would say that. Definitely learned a lot. Yeah. I mean, I lost money. You wouldn't do that again, would you? No, no, no <laughs> never approach it the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know that now, five years later, I look at it in terms of losing money as much as um, that was a good mm-hmm. tuition payment to the, you know, the degree of not screwing stuff up anymore. 
Um, yeah, that, I mean, he touches on going through his failure, failure, um, his opportunity to learn, but not only yourself, but how that affects other people around right. you, your family, right. your friends. Um, yeah, it sounds like you I mean, lose friends a, over it. I mean, yeah, in his case, he got in business with his family and, oof, you know, yeah, I could imagine what it's like for like a Navy SEAL. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to yeah. Be like business partners with people who aren't Navy SEALs. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's probably like, oh, just do it. And they're like, dude, like it's beer, chill. <laughs> I can right, imagine. Right. Um, you know, type A. I'm reading between the lines here. It's yes. probably something that happened. Yeah. Um, I like his uh, section on selecting your targets though. So he's got this bit here. Does this target fit your skills and your team? Does it give you a good return on your investment? Yeah. I mean, that's a little more team-based. You can adapt that to yourself for individual things that you're working on. Um, how important is this target to achieving mission mm-hmm. success? Mm-hmm. Um, is the timing optimal? <clears throat> is the target simple and clear? I think that's probably should be number one. But um, that is yeah. definitely something that um, I still fail to do, right? I just kind of like yeah, do it. Or say I'll do it and then figure it out as you go along. But it's sometimes things are more complicated than you think they are. Yeah. I know a lot of people oversimplify things. <laughs> it's real easy. We'll just do it. And then you All get you got, doing it and you're like, I've the, been here for two days. I think the thing, the one phrase I hate the most, and this is just about being a good leader, but whenever you have people report to you or people on your team, um, the most like in my opinion derogatory and disrespectful thing you can say to someone is all you gotta do is oh I know oh my gosh <laughs> yeah because it's oversimplifying everything yeah. and you're not getting into the nuts and bolts that he's yeah, talking like, about oh you mean all I gotta do is use the 20 years of my experience to make this happen exactly yeah it's simple yeah simple <laughs> I've been doing this a long time I know ex- that's, that's why it's so easier. true it's, yeah. yeah that's that's one thing but yeah. um, overconfidence will kill you that is so true and I love the quote at the beginning of the section, success doesn't come to you, you go get it. Yeah. Um, truth. Truth. <laughs> Check. Um, all right, so we have uh, the other thing, right? So, oh man, I did a talk, I think it was about a year ago, on setting goals and priorities and things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people will set goals and not really consider who they are currently and what it's going to take to get there, right? So he kind of breaks that down. What are your current priorities, right? We can talk through these. What mm-hmm. are the realities? Mm-hmm. What options? <laughs> and then which path are you going to select? So if you're yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know what the good analogy is, but like, you know, if you're like, my goal for this year is to travel once a month to another country. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making some No, fun. that's. But you have yeah. a family. You have to pay for that. Yeah, you have a job. that's probably not those two goals. The goal and your reality probably don't line up, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, that might be some aspirational thing you want to do, but you might need to scale that down. I know that's kind of a silly example, but it happens in business too. Yeah. Like you're gonna you're gonna say I'm gonna start this new business, and by the end of the year, I'm gonna have X amount of money or employees, whatever the heck it is. But maybe you're working a day job at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Your current situation is probably not going to allow you to achieve those goals. You've got to consider that. Just like in my yeah. case, I saw some shiny object, this other brand that I wanted that was 
honestly stronger than the brand I was building. And I thought, oh, I'll just latch onto that. But I didn't think about, oh, yeah, well, I am running a web design business and I'm running another web design conference business and I'm running a co-work. Where does this third, this fourth thing fit in? You know, I never mm-hmm. considered where's the time going to come from, you know? Your family? Is it your yeah, personal I mean, it time? From is staying it sleep? Up it right, not sleeping? Yeah. Your health suffered? Mm-hmm. And the extra four times in the year that you have to travel these mm-hmm. events, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Here's a little here's a little travel tip <laughs> for everybody that has a family who travels, and this is important. What you'll what you'll find yourself doing is you'll tell your significant other, your family, or whatever that oh, the event is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So you'll put Thursday and Friday and Saturday on your calendar. Mm-hmm. Cool, right? No, it's actually Wednesday. Cause you got to travel to Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to right, get there. Right. And so what happens is everyone around you is like. Wait, you're leaving Wednesday morning? I thought it was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. Because that's what you put on your calendar. This is a little insider tip that mm. can get you out of trouble. So I got in trouble with that a lot. Block it off. Yeah, just think about it. Um, all right. I don't know if that's applicable to anything else. but ah, Communicate the mission. Um, mm. That's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in your case, right, you and your team... We're definitely not on the same page. No. We didn't have our eyes on the same target that he, you know, he talks about. Mm-hmm. So he says it takes discipline to focus only on high value targets instead of giving into the temptation of low hanging fruit life serves up daily. I dig that one. That's good. That's hard to do. It's so hard to do. That's not everything. I mean I think so. Like that business you grabbed up and thought it was an easy win and turns out hadn't thought through things. Same with, you know, this overly ambitious film we wanted to produce with a relatively tiny, but I mean, $100,000 seems like a lot of money, mm-hmm. but production, it just, huge amount of money. And same goes like, you know, running the campaign, campaign I'm running. Like I have to stay super focused and deal with the, realities of you know how much money we have and where we are and what the timing of everything and what's cool though is that actually some of that is already is really playing out for us and i can i can um that's part of sort of being on the same page you can use the things you have at your advantage instead of having them kind of get in your way yeah which is important yep um right i mean because a way to combat not having enough time is -hmm. to be more organized yeah right um, just simple tactics that yeah. you can use, you know, a way to, if you don't have enough money, well, there's tons time. of ways you can do things. Yeah. You, maybe you have time. time to throw into it. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Whereas somebody else may not have the time, so they just mm-hmm. have to spend the money to mm-hmm. get more exposure or whatever they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, dirt dive the mission. So this, this one's killer. Um, so I, I produced, uh, conferences for a good decade for about 11 years. Um, and for the first, like, I'd say four or five years, we really struggled. Um, we didn't struggle with making them look cool. We didn't struggle with getting good speakers. We didn't get, struggle with, honestly, in the end, having people enjoy it. What we struggled mm-hmm. with was the day of execution. Yeah. Right? And we just kind of, like, did it by the seat of our pants, which I think a lot of things start out that way. But we worked with another company about four or five years in when we, we tried to make a conscious decision to really – you know, we wanted to double and then the next year double that our mm-hmm. attendance because we wanted to take it serious at that point. 
in working with a third party. So I had my team, my me and three other people, and then mm-hmm. there was this other company that we brought in to help us, and it was a leader and three or four other people. And it was like, oh shit, how do we, how do we like, how do they know what we want? How right. do we know what they need? Right. So what we did was, and this was their suggestion, and I learned from them from this was that they wanted to like literally write it out minute by minute, and then sit in a room and then just talk through it. Yeah. And we did that probably a dozen times. Yeah. I remember the first couple of times, like, that was like the, one of the most painful. painful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But by the fifth or sixth time, man, we were we were on it. Yeah. We knew what the plan was, and you know, we were exploring different things that could mm-hmm. happen. And man, the day of the event, it went so smooth. Mm-hmm. I don't actually remember talking to anybody on the other team. Mm-hmm. The other event, we just had our things to do, and we just did it. And at the end, it was like high fives, drank a beer, and it was like a great experience. Yeah. And ever since then, I will I will do that. Like yeah. I will literally write it out and then review it and review it and review it yeah. and review it. I think that's like anything. It's like run a show. Yeah. It's like, you know, when I was in, he talked about, we talked about this actually last time, visualization. Mm-hmm. So like Mark Vine, he talks about how his coach in college helped him visualize him swimming. Um, I had a great fear in, um, I ran track in high school Mm -hmm. and I was always a a team sport player, volleyball and cheerleading for a couple of years, but it was very much, yes, I I got to throw people. It was amazing. I was a base. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like basically do cleans with people. (laughs) It was fun. Um, but I was terrified when I ran track. Um, and I, I was a sprinter. So luckily the visualization exercises I had to do were 30 seconds, around 30 seconds or less, because I was running a 100, 200 meter sprint. Um, but they wanted me to visualize, you know, stepping on track to walking up to the blocks, putting my feet in the blocks, hands on the line, shotgun, first step out of the blocks through the end to the finish line. Yeah. And I would do that repeatedly because I was literally so nervous. I like want to pee my pants because mm-hmm. I was so nervous. So just going through that visualization repeatedly, like you talked about going through your business, run a show, yeah. um, or you're going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties, so this is two separate sections we're splicing together. Yeah, but it, I'll, I'll do that again. But it goes. It just it helps walking through it repeatedly so that. When you are, your mind is so powerful that it's like dreams. Yeah. When you dream something, it feels That's so real. pretty weird how that works. And it's like you've been there before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I felt this nervousness mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. He talks about, I think it's a later chapter, and maybe it was earlier when we skipped over, but the, the mind gym and the, mm. um, the fact that you have unlimited reps in your head so you don't get tired. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if yeah. you're sprinting, you only have a few yeah. because you can literally practice running right? right? and you're going to get tired and you can't do it anymore but in your brain you can do it over and over and over and over and over your brain is a very powerful muscle <laughs> don't think of it as a muscle okay yeah. so uh, yeah so this is before we got cut off um, we're talking about uh, the visualization being super important mm-hmm. but not only for just yourself but uh, dirt diving the mission with your team yeah so uh, we had um, my team, which was me and a couple other people, and we brought in a third-party company. This like, is for your conferences, yeah, right? Yeah, for the conferences, the conference business, like four or five years in, 
we decided to get serious. We brought in a third party uh, company, another team to merge, like not really merge with ours, but you know they were like consultants or whatever, and they they helped us run the event. And they did a lot of logistics and stuff, but we were kind of like, oh, how do we how do we convince like convey our ideas mm-hmm. and what we're trying to do with what they need to be doing and what we've hired them to do? And how do we yeah. how do we do that? And I have no idea how to do that. Um, but this was not this was before I met Mark and before um, doing any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. What, it was, this is from them. They uh, wanted to write down literally every minute, yeah, basically what was going to happen every minute, like a almost a like show. stage directions for yeah. the entire event. Very tedious. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> they insisted, um, and we did that. And then as a group, we would we would get together once every two weeks or so, a couple months out, and we would just go through, yeah. All the all the moving parts and everything. Make sure we had all the stuff we needed. Yeah, where things would literally be placed. And um, when the event came, the day of the event, I remember not actually talking to any of them. Like we didn't even need to. Yeah, we all knew what they were doing. Like at all times, I knew. Even when I was on the stage introducing someone, I knew where Mm -hmm. them and their team were and what they would be doing. Mm -hmm. And it was done. And. Ever since then, I will do that before we do something big, before I do something big, like like a you know, black belt test or whatever. I will try to. I mean, you don't know what's coming, but you know some of the stuff you have to do, so you can at least review those things over and over and over. Yeah. And so when the time comes that you're doing the things that you expect, yeah. you knock them out of the park. It's like your katas. I mean, you, I mm-hmm. haven't done that yet, but mm-hmm. to me, it's almost like yeah. it's as if it's second nature to you. Yeah. When you're exhausted, coming. you haven't slept for two days. That's right. And he's like, your yeah, sensei is like, okay, <laughs> yeah. do it. And you're yeah. like, it's just second nature to you. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. It has to be that level. Right. Um, speaking of that, that was, that, that was, I had a very huge sort of epiphany um, about that process. And I used that. I used visualization leading up to that, um, to my test. Um, mm-hmm. Because like two days prior, I couldn't practice. We didn't actually do any of that stuff, that mm. kata, like the first day of the test. It was mm-hmm. all other things that we did. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know, four days had passed since mm-hmm. I'd actually done any of the, the martial arts at all. Right. So it was amazing mm. to like be sort of separated from it. And then when the time came, because of my rehearsals and my, my mind or whatever, it was like, I was still confident. I felt confident about it. I just yeah. did it. Yeah. And it just, it was like muscle memory at that point. It was like you cram for a test and you're like, yeah. Oh crap, I forgot. Yeah. It was part of you. Yeah. It was like the work paid off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it felt good. But, but part of that, I think part of that in that world, that process is sort of forcing you Mm -hmm. to learn how to do that. Because when your mind starts wandering, you know, four or five days before or something like that, you can't, Mm -hmm. you're going to start thinking about it. You know, you just are. Um, And if you're positive, and you're like yeah. able to harness that energy. I think yeah. that's the lesson. Um, yeah, especially you're in the middle of it. You know, hands rip, you're bleeding, yeah. or you know, there's sometimes where I'm like bleeding out, and people are like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, "Oh, I didn't even notice." Yep. Because you're just rip, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I just keep going. Yeah. But you know what the next steps are, right? So it does, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Um, yeah. Powerful yeah. your brain is. Yeah, and like one of the things you were bringing up was that like these guys, um, like Mark, I think in in the section he talks about the um, 
so team six taking out bin laden right yeah and how uh they, they the stakes are so high at that point yes right but a mistake in their camp means someone's dead <laughs> yeah so that's why they practice like crazy people but you can i think you, the lesson here is you can apply that to even your little measly <laughs> your little measly goal of, yeah. of losing five pounds or whatever it's the same thing that's the same thing yeah keep it top of mind keep visualizing the end result yeah get there I think it's just complete ownership over your brain yeah that's, that's, hard, the, that's the hardest it's hard to do with everything that's the hardest part well that's why guys like this are impressive and gals like this are impressive well you heard him talk at one of your conferences right oh I forgot about him yeah we forgot about breaking the podcast up here um yeah so just a quick um, anecdote about about mr divine um uh, was lucky enough to book him for one of one of my conferences so cool it was very cool um and he was like i got to spend some time with him beforehand we got some coffee i, I don't know if it was the night before or early that morning it's probably early that morning but um because that's what they do uh and he was very much like that yeah he, was, he very much was like Here's what you should expect from me. Here's what I normally do. Here's what I plan to do. And I would like, you know, two bottles of water or whatever. And um, you know, I didn't take it as like, man, this guy's anal or whatever. I, I was, it was like, oh, he's... He's got a, jo- he's got a job. He's going to do it. He's going to nail yeah, it. Yeah, I took it as like, well, he's he wants to deliver on, you mm-hmm. know, what he's bringing to the table here. He wants to make sure Yeah. what he's going to do is set up for success. Um, and I tell you, so... Imagine this event. He's on the stage. We had, I mean, we spent money on making the stage nice. And had like mm-hmm. All kinds of stage props and stuff, man. We yeah. made animals. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so he's up there, and it, there's like 800 people in the audience at this one. But we were in this, this area that was kind of janky, so the, the electricity was a little janky. And someone plugged in a coffee maker. Oh, jeez. And tripped the breaker, and everything shut down. The lights. You know, we had like stage lights on the guy. Yeah. Lights are down. No volume on the mic. And I'm sitting, I'm sort of sitting in the middle, like right in the center looking up at him. And he just looks at me, he's like, we good? And I'm like, you're good as far as I can tell. I says, cool. And he just like starts talking louder. Yeah. And so he's just like projecting his voice to like 800 people. Keep going. And it was cool. Like it worked. He awesome. talked for another 30 minutes. That's awesome. Um, I got to think a situation like that would probably shake most people on stage. Yeah. It probably shut me down. I well, he's had I'm done. guns pointed at him. Yeah, he was like, whatever. Like, I'll just cool. talk louder. I'll just, I'll just scream. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so that was kind of a nice example of, mm-hmm. you know, he was clearly prepared. Yeah. <laughs> and not letting little things trip you up. Yeah. And that's, you know. No mic, no lights, no factor. Just doesn't matter. Yeah. Just do it. Um. I think that's where we'll end it. Yeah, I think <laughs> For so. For the third time. For the third time. Yeah. Third time's just, term. Just do it. Uh-oh. Can't say that. No, I can't say that. I'm not going to pay Nike royalties. No. So just, I can't afford that. Just get it done. Do the work. Yeah, here you go. I like that one. Do the work. Do the so, work. Stop talking. Do the work. That's a good one. All right. Later. Bye.